And so that's when I got a little worried, right? Because that's when I actually thought the police presence was going to flex on us. And so, uh, but smart on the Seaside PD, right? What they did was instead of trying to send a whole bunch of police officers and riot gear or whatever to go and and stop the people peacefully protesting uh, in the middle of the street, what they did was they want to block up mm-hmm. in just about every direction sure. and just shut down traffic sure. and redirected traffic, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, that's hella smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then that was going on. Uh, there was like no looting. There was no trashing of anything. Um, there were folks that had fireworks and they were lighting off hella fireworks in the middle of the street. So a couple, uh, a couple burnouts. Yeah, a couple burnouts. Um, no gunshots, nobody, no physical violence. That's, nah, that's, none of that. Everything went as well as it could. It, pretty very, much. Very, very and so then, so then, from what I got from. The marina, the marina mayor, right? The mayor Delgado showed up. He he was there the whole time. Um, at about two o'clock, they started marching down Broadway, Lower Broadway, mm-hmm. right? And the mayor of Seaside, Mayor Oglesby, was there. And so everybody marched literally from like uh, Mi Tierra, which is the the Hispanic res- uh, restaurant, grocery store, grocery store uh, all the way down to the the end of Broadway, pretty much. Um, and that's about the time I rolled out, man. But uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was something to see. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Zone In Podcast. Uh, it's your boy Rio. It's your boy G. It's KG, man. Yeah, man. So um, this episode, we're gonna deter a little bit from the usual. Uh, when we started this podcast, right, it was you know three guys that love talking sports, family, culture, uh, and just like all things life in general. Um. This episode, we're just gonna talk about, you know, the current state of things and what's going on. Obviously, from the backlash of uh, the George Floyd murder, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it didn't feel right to try to incorporate any other of the aspects of our podcast that we enjoy talking about. So we'll come out with a pod later uh, about some of that other stuff. But this will be a a special, you know, podcast on just our current. Um, the current state of America as we speak. Um, yeah, as you were uh, stating earlier about the protests, we uh, it's happening across the nation right now, right? Um, we it, it hurts. Like there's no other way to explain it. It hurts that we feel that we're we're being targeted and. I don't want to like put shame on any other race or anything like that, like because we all stand as one people. They target us; they are scared of us. Wow, we should be scared of them because they are killing us and getting away with it, and we can't even put hands on you. Can't do anything. Can't do anything. That makes you feel like less than less than. It, I just, and I don't condone the rooting, the looting at all. Like, nah, I don't nah. condone that at all. But they've done the kneeling, mm-hmm. done the, the 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 silent protest. The everybody listens now, everybody sees everybody, and 
And, and, and to tell you the truth, as I'm looking, it's not even like a lot of black people doing the looting, right? It's not, well... It, 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 I'm not saying we're, we're not in it, yeah, but yeah, as it, I'm seeing video, there isn't, it's everybody everybody's, do, everybody's, everybody's doing the looting. Race, yeah. everybody's, everybody's doing, doing it. it. And, and that's, so, a, that's the issue, right? They'll paint it as a... As a as a black thing, right? And thugs. At the end of the day, you really don't know, right? A lot of them look white, but we don't know if they're they're black or yeah. white or whatever. I mean, Hello. their face yeah. is covered, yeah. right? Um, you see a, a, you might see a white hand or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and and I know there's definitely videos circulating of. Black people doing it, white people doing it, Hispanic people doing it. All races. Like, all races. And and I hate when they paint just the black community in that corner. And I hate, I just hate the, the looting aspect of it uh, overall because it takes away from the message, right? Mm-hmm. It takes away from what, uh, the, the, what the people are trying to uh, show, right? Which is their anger and their frustration. <clears throat> you don't have to steal because you're angry and frustrated. You know what I'm saying? Burn the building. I don't care about it. Burn all the stuff in the building. Mm-hmm. Or if you're going to loot, loot, and then donate it to homeless people or something. But they ain't doing that. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. It's all It's all in, there's no good faith in behind it. Like I hear, it's like, if you're going to do it, do it for a reason. You're doing it for like self-gain or just because. And violence usually ends with more violence. And at some point, which I know uh, he's already enacted what martial law somewhere. I can't I can't remember where in Minnesota in Minnesota. So they're going to send the military in at some point if you keep acting up at some point. They're not going to just let you be out here burning the city down. So at some point it's going to be met with the same match. So we can't keep this up. But there has to be some kind of change that goes on. I mean, you know, it's all over. Every social media, it's over the news. Everybody sees it. But just seeing one video today, you know, of a person sitting outside their front porch, literally sitting outside their front porch with this, their family, and the tank comes down the street and the cops right behind them. This family's not doing anything. They're videoing this. And they're yelling at everybody, get back in your house, stay in your house. And that was in Minnesota too. Yeah, in Minnesota. And next thing you know, these dudes just turn towards them and start shooting rubber bullets at them just to get in the house and hit one of the people. Like, hey, that really hurt. Yeah, of course it hurts. It's coming mm-hmm. at you 200 miles an hour. It's going to hurt. It's not going to feel good. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it sucks that, you know, my boy G is a black man. I am a brown skin. My brother Mario's of brown skin. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, but we're we're, we're all, boys. We're all mm-hmm. one race. But it makes me sad that little G has to be taught at a certain age that you know Greg has to tell his son, "Hey, this is how life's going to be." He has to raise his son this certain way, and it hurts me. Like, I, even looking at Nico or the girls, like, "Hey, you are you are not of white complexion." You know, you you might have white in you, mm-hmm. but you're not white complexion. People are going to look at you a different way where you go to certain places yeah. like that. But G is black and little G is black. And they're going to look at this kid like he's a thief. He's a thug. Just he's, a threat. Of his skin. he's a threat because of his skin tone. And G has to raise his son this way. And 
put across this thing where he has to go out and protect himself mm-hmm. from everybody, whether it's his friend or not, because the racial slurs are going to happen and you're going to put yourself in. It could be your friend. You're going to put yourself in a situation where this could come up and you thought this guy was your friend. But don't have that same mindset that you do, and you, they don't see it. Like all these people with the "all lives matter." Yes, all lives matter. Of course. But you got to understand what's going on with these black lives right now. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not right. Is it's the whole mindset of it is yeah. is not right. We like, called it. We called it the conversation, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, my uncle who raised me like like his son, right. Um, he, I call him Papa Greg. My, they're the only grand, grandfather my children will know, right, from my side of the family. Um, he sat down with me. I think I was like 13 or 14, like freshman year of high school, and we had the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, don't talk back. Keep your hands on the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. Let them know every move you're about to make, mm-hmm. right? If you can, before you pull over, have everything on the dash so you don't have to dig in the mm-hmm. glove compartment and pull all that stuff out. Um, and and it, it sucks. Like, it sucks. And and I'm, you know, I'm Hispanic, right? Keith's Hawaiian. Greg's black. And we all suffer it to degrees. And it's, it's just the same conversation over and over. Like, you could pull up videos of Malcolm X and Dr. Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. you know, in the 60s. Same. And they're having the same conversation. Same All that stuff is still relevant today, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's just there's just cameras now. Yeah. Yes. Every, yes. Everybody can see it. And <laughs> I want to. Uh, you talking about Lil G? And I remember uh, Lil Greg was like three. You know, he he wants to be. A, he he loves the police. He always say police niceness. You know, and I and I encourage that. I'm not going like at two years old be like, hey, f the police. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell him that. I'm gonna have him find. I'm gonna let him find out for himself. Like he gonna see it on the TV. But I'm getting from his experience. I get pulled over one time in Fort Ord. It's hella late at night. He he hits me with the lights, and I'm like, damn. Like like my whole demeanor changes. Right. I'm not doing nothing. Like I'm, I got I got my license registration insurance. Right. I ain't been smoking. Like, I'm just taking little Greg probably from my mom's house to back home, right? Probably not even that late. Probably like 10 o'clock. So, I get nervous. I shouldn't have to get nervous, yeah. but I get nervous, right? And little Greg senses it. He's like, what's wrong? I'm like, look, just don't say anything. I'm, I'm going to handle this. And uh, he comes up. He's like, license registration, da, 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 da. Like, and I don't even want to start asking him questions like, why you want, why you pulled me over? Like, I don't even want to start, I don't even want to go there because it's the middle of the night. I got my son with me. He pulled me out. I'm like, I feel like I'm, I am in the middle of Fort Ord. I'm, I'm dealing with the, uh, the federals, yeah, the, the federalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dealing with the federalities. I'm not even dealing with no regular military police. police. Yeah. So I'm like, bro, man, this, just let me go. So I'm, I'm very compliant. I'm very, da-da-da-da. He gives me my stuff back and lets me go. Like, didn't tell you why you pulled you over. No, just lets me go. I, and it could have went real left. I could have been smoking. I could have been maybe had a couple of drinks. Yeah, yeah it could have been, been all that. Anything, but I, none of that happened. And little Greg seen the like the switch that happened. Like even if I'm not doing nothing, like there's always that. Oh, he can. 
pull me out, throw something in there. He can pull me out. I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere. Beat my ass, leave me somewhere. Mm. All that runs through your mind when you see it. Yep. And every time I I just try to avoid him. I I be driving. I'm always looking for him. All right. Oh. I'm always. Always. And it's I mean, you know, just from previous experiences, twelve years old, me, my sister, my two cousins, my mom. And my dad and my Uncle Tim are in a car. We're driving from California to Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, I heard this. And um, in Texas, we're, you know, almost on the the state line to go into Oklahoma, but we're in Texas. And um, my uncle, he's speeding. He got a 98-mile-an-hour ticket. He was was speeding. It was bad. But we were in the car for 20 hours straight. So they're trying to get there. Cop pulls him over. My dad and my uncle are from Oklahoma. There are two redneck white dudes from Oklahoma. And um, the cop comes up. Uh, you're going 98, sir. Clocked you. License and registration. So my uncle pulls out the license and registration and goes over. And he hands it to him. He grabs it. And I can remember vividly this cop just going and looking in the back. And he never took his eyes out of the back, it's me, my sister, who were Hawaiian, my mom, who is the Hawaiian one, and my two cousins, Andrew and Will, who are also Hawaiian and white, are in the back of this car. And you can tell that he thought we were illegals or something, but he racially profiled us for the next 10 minutes. Two more cop cars showed up. That's a bad sign when that happened. And never good. it was a speeding ticket. And this guy never took his eyes off of us in the back. He never looked at my dad or my uncle one more time. Mm. He looked at us the whole time and talked to them while looking at us. He didn't even look down at his pad while he's while he's writing the thing. And then when he did go back to check, you know, license the license plate, make sure the car was cool, he made sure there was another cop there watching us the whole time. We got racial profiled and God bless her soul, my sister, Mario's wife. She's very loud. <laughs> Tiff was the one, like, what are you looking at? Why are you looking at us? Bruh. Why are you looking at us? What what I speak English. I you know, we pay our taxes even though we're young. Like, you know, yeah. I'm from America. I'm yeah. American. What are you doing? Popping off. Yeah. I, yo. Pop off. So your dad told me that story. Um and I, I just remember him saying that the cop was asking your Uncle Tim, uh, why are you guys transporting mm-hmm. transporting N-words? Mm-hmm. N-words. Right. Why are you transporting these N-words? Where are you going? They're illegal, aren't they? Show me their paperwork. Right? And so your mom had to cough up, you know, her valid California state ID, because mm-hmm. I don't think your mom drove at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it, it was nuts, but... That's like those aren't uncommon uh, occurrences in certain parts of this country. You know what I'm saying? And and look, uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm a sociology major. I've literally written hundreds of pages on this topic, on systemic racism, on just racism in general, on uh, the prison pipeline, the whole nine. And it's. It's obviously the way people are trained to think, right? And the media doesn't help with that. But it's also the systems that we have in place that are causing many of these issues, right? Uh, 
So uh, one of the big reasons why, obviously, nobody wanted uh, George Floyd to die, right? And he was killed by a police officer. Got it. It took them almost a week to uh, arrest the arrest to, to arrest the officer that killed him, right? So that's up to the DA, right? The district attorney, right? To review the evidence and decide whether they're going to uh, indict charges on people, on anybody, right? That's on, on any case. Um, so right now, the only person they've arrested is the officer that physically had his knee on his neck. The other three officers should also be indicted, yeah. but they're not being indicted yet. The DA is a position that is uh, voted in by the people, right? So if, like, Michael Render, a.k.a. Killer Mike, said it perfectly during his speech when he was talking to the people in the city of Atlanta, mm -hmm. right? You don't like the DA? Vote his ass out and get a more progressive, better DA in there, right? You, you don't want your homeboy got arrested for some bullshit? Get the DA out of office, get the new DA in, mm -hmm. right? One that you approve of. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where I love that we protest, right? <clears throat> it shows our power as a people. It displays our power as a people. But now it's time for us to flex that power in a voting booth, mm -hmm. right? And all these people that benefit off of our tax dollars and off of our backs that have, uh, maybe they didn't implement the system that they're benefiting from, but they're still benefiting from it and they're not accurately or uh, effectively changing the system so it can benefit everybody, not just themselves. We need to get them out of office mm -hmm. and get people in the office that look more like us. They're gonna speak for us yeah. and our communities and, and get us to where we have a more equitable, you know, situation in this country. Because right now, targets are gonna keep burning, mm -hmm. right? Looting's gonna keep popping off. And have you guys seen the videos like that are circulating of like just random violent police acts at, you know, peaceful protests? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I seen one in SAC. Bruh. I seen one in SAC last night. She's a little boy. It's a, I don't know if it's a little boy, but somebody got shot in the face with a rubber bullet. Oh, and the dude was carrying him. Yeah, yeah, and the dude carried him to a car and took him to a hospital. Yeah, and it was a white dude. Shout out to the to the yeah. to the guy that did it. Shout out all my white folks that have been standing up. Yeah, man. Because that's where it's got to start. I mean, we can we can shout and yell and talk all the shit we can, and they ain't gonna listen to us. You feel me? It's 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 y'all. Is the is. My, 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 because I got a bunch of them. Like, I mean, they, they hit me up like, yeah, what, what should I do? Like, like, this, well, you do gotta, this. You got to stand. You yeah. Gotta, you like, got to stand. And, and, you got to be heard. And honestly, they, they've been doing it. Like, they've been, the protests, like, legit. Go to the rallies. Using their platform, their little, little platform they do have or whatever, they pushing the line. <laughs> and like, and I've been, we've been, I mean, I've been doing it for my whole life. Like, I get tired. Like. Nothing's really happening. Yeah. Like, so you, I'm, I'm not going to be out there like gun ho about it all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely down for the cause. I'm always going to be down for the cause. But there's only so much you can say from one voice and not be heard. Mm -hmm. My folks that can be heard, like, 
I'm not saying I'm not sound, trying to sound crazy or nothing, but these probably that's probably your grandpa or your uncle or something like that. They yeah, might, they got to tell they ten have, people. You might have a you might have a line directly to them. You got to tell ten people. Yeah, and then your people tell ten more people. So I just just shout out all my uh, my and I only like saying call them privilege because I mean they're privileged because of their color with the police, but some people are like doing bad right now. So I don't like to call them like privileged. They're not all privileged. But shout out to all my people that are not black standing up for the, uh, the community right now. It's, we need we need more of it. They're going to listen to us at some point. And, uh, you know, just like it bothers a lot of people, really, really bothers me. Um, if it was a regular civilian on video doing that to somebody and he dies, instantly you're going to jail. All the people standing around that's with this dude Period. is going to jail. Period. You're going to jail. You're accomplice to murder. Period. Why are these guys not going to jail? Even if they're innocent until proven guilty, like our country says, it's you're still in county waiting for your trial. Unless you're bailed out sitting at home and you can't go nowhere. You, where, where are these guys? Where, okay, they're at their house, but they're able to go do this. They're able to go do that. They're not yep. even... Close to being indicted on anything. Mm -hmm. That's not right. It's not right. If you're gonna you're gonna put a law out there for everybody in this country, whether you're a police officer, a military person, or whatever, and God bless the good ones. There are a million good mm -hmm. ones. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It sucks. But it's just like on a on a sports team, you know, we do a lot of sports casting or whatever it is. Whatever you are, you will learn as a team, you are only as strong as your weakest link. And when your weakest link is doing something like that, it comes out on the whole team. Yep. The whole, it shows. Mm -hmm. And to do that, you have to weed out your weak links to make that link strong again. It's the, the complicitness of it, right? So if somebody's doing wrong and if you don't, so if somebody's doing wrong and you don't say anything about it to anybody, you're wrong as well, mm -hmm. right? And so you might not have done the act, but you're just as guilty because you didn't call out the act and you didn't stop the act. Right. And and that's where I think um, a lot of uh, maybe not our white friends, but, you know, white people in general don't understand. Like you you don't have to have a swastika. You know, hanging in your house, swastika flag hanging in your house to be racist. No, right? hell no. But if you see somebody being racist and you don't call them out, then you're in compliance with and you're OK with them being racist, mm -hmm. which means you're OK with racism. Right. Which is just as wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. You got to in order to to stop it completely. Everybody who's not OK with it has to call it out when they see it. Right. And and that's what where the issue to me lies. A lot of them are like, oh, well, I didn't do that. You know, that wasn't me, you know. But then if one of your friends makes a, a, a racist comment and you don't call them out, you don't snuff that out, then you're complying with it. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. Yeah. Um, and there, there, there's definitely those out there that uh, like to call them undercover, like they do it on their own time. Oh yeah, They're, they come out. Well, they've been in real flock since Trump been in there, but they, they, those are the ones you really have to watch out for. They'll smile in your face and stab you in the back as soon as you turn around. As soon as you give them the chance, and it, uh, 
Yeah, that, it's wild out here. Man, so so yesterday we had um, our protest in Seaside, and I went, and uh, I had to meet one of my fraternity brothers over there uh, prior to, so I was going to end up being in that area anyway. So I went over there, and I stayed. It is one of the best. It, it was It was emotionally moving. Uh, experience, right? I was so happy to see white people, black people, Hispanic people, Islanders, right? Just and and our community is very diverse, right? We're very fortunate. We live in a super super diverse community. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how much of a, a minority I was till I left this area. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, all out there in solidarity, peacefully protesting, right? Uh, and, and shout out to the mayor of Marina and shout out to the mayor of Seaside because they were out there peacefully protesting as well. Um, when things got a little hairy, so to speak. Right. So uh, they went from protesting on a corner to actually protesting in the middle of the street. The most the, the busiest street in Seaside or the two busiest streets in Seaside. Uh, they shut it down rather than uh, police forces coming in. And, and riot gear or whatever and trying to move people out. They literally just shut down the street a block out, right? So a block up from Broadway on both ends and a block up from uh, Fremont on both ends. And they just gave the people that block and they could protest and light fireworks. They didn't damage anything. They ended up marching down Broadway the whole way anyway. Uh, but that could have been that could have easily been an ugly situation had they handled it differently, yeah, right? The police could have acted up. Exactly. Could've we could we could have been on CNN, mm-hmm. you know, and and you know, throwing chairs and well, that's whatever. And so. that's another problem where we should be on CNN so that people can see how you can protest and be heard, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. All this, you know, it's yeah, it needs to be seen, but all this bad news mm-hmm. needs to be taken off half the time. It's bad news. Why are we letting people see the bad news? Because people in other areas, such as LA, who had curfew last night, yeah, they're like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. just like in 1992 with Rodney King. Mm-hmm. You remember what happened and we started burning places down? They want to do this to somebody else? We can do 1992 again. Mm-hmm. They did it. Did, yeah. did you, have you spoken to Tyler? Uh huh. Cousin Tyler? Yeah. I talked to Marcella and Tyler yesterday. So my cousin Tyler, he lives down in LA and his, uh, his wife, she has three half black kids. Mm-hmm. You know, they're part, they're part black in a way or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. They're half black, half Colombian. And, um, Ooh. so, She's out there front line and she's she's got videos of it, but she's right there and you can see riot going on. You can see rubber bullets. You hear the cops talking to people in ways that you don't need to be talked to. And you but you also see the people it's egged on by by the cops, how they're trying to stop them. Instead of letting them march, letting them protest where it will be like how they was yesterday in Seaside. Mm-hmm. Um a peaceful protest. No, they start pushing you. They start hitting you, and that's when yeah. it just all the you know lights fuel to the fire. Violence gets mm-hmm. met with violence. And how Seaside win yesterday needs to be seen. Even though we're a small community compared to L.A. and San Francisco and Minneapolis and Atlanta and all this stuff, 
all the small ones and big ones that are peacefully protest that needs to be seen it needs to be shown that hey you guys can protest and just as much as their voice need to be heard our voices need to be heard it's we're all in this together so put it all out there put it on cnn ksbw put it out there for us yeah throw it out there it's fear-mongering is what they call it right when they they just show the looting and the fires and the violence, they're, they're inciting fear and it's fear mongering and it doesn't help anybody, right? It doesn't help the police, right? Because you see that, right, as a civilian and, and you you naturally are upset about that and now you have a, a, a dislike and a distaste for the police. They see that and they see it from the other perspective of like, oh, now these protests are getting violent. I, I need to be ready. Like, I need to be ready. And the first thing, right, one thing I've noticed is they're going to get theirs off before you get yours off, right? Very rarely is a civilian the one walking up to police and just pushing them or decking them mm-hmm. in the face, right? It's, it's the other way around. Um, and, and, they're protect, and they're protected by that shield. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's, it's, you're 100% right, man. Like, the peaceful ones that get through need to be aired just as much as the, the looting and the violent ones that, that get through. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know my all right, so here's my question, right? I have I have an idea, but it's just an idea, right? It's not a fact. How do we how do we stop this? How do we turn this around? The looting or the just, just the, racism? The, the this system of police brutality and police violence on minority communities. This has to, it has it's bigger than training. Like they try, they're trying to put police through different trainings and whatnot. It has to be started as a youth, mm-hmm. as the, this, the kids have to be taught differently because they're growing up learning a certain way. Like you'll see how people act like we were talking about earlier, the undercover ones, they they'll be with a group of friends and they'll show their true colors to them. But at school, they're hella cool. Those are the ones that we cannot have because they're at the end of the day, they're going to be breeding kids and have they're still going to have those same underlying values. So we knock them down as kids, like teach everybody equality. Like, but it somehow keeps getting passed down to, I mean, it's out here. Like you, people out here are very racist, yep. but you wouldn't, you would you not know. know it. The race, Nobody's going to be yeah. out here flaunting it. Like the racism out here is there's, it's like a sin. Whether mm-hmm. you sin this way or you sin this way, it's still a sin. Mm-hmm. Racism is racism. Mm-hmm. What, no matter how small or big it is, um, but in California, you think, because it's so diverse out here, no. there's none. Nah, my neighbor could be racist for all I know. Mm-hmm. Just straight up. I know, they I just do. hide it better out here, man. Yeah. I, do, Real talk. I do know of one in Prunedale for sure and one in Monterey for sure. There's more than that, bro. I know. There, I know. Those are, those, these, are, are the these are like people I know for a direct fact. Like, yeah, you don't like black people. You don't like any other people but yourself. Like, and, it, and it's it's, it's an ugly trait. You know, you know what it is though, too. It's 
they're the majority, right? Mm-hmm. So they're afraid to lose their majority. They're they're afraid, and they have the power, mm-hmm. and they're afraid of losing that, right? And so every census, every uh, statistic you want to pull up um, shows that the minority population in this country is growing, right? Exactly. Uh, black people. Last I checked, I think black people make like almost twenty percent. They're like between 17 and 20% of the population, mm. right? And then Hispanics are like 25%. Mm-hmm. Or, and then uh, Asians and Pacific Islanders. Five. They're, yeah, there's somewhere between like five and seven, right? And so we're nearing that, that 50, 51, mm-hmm. 52% mark. And then every projection, when you look forward, hey, what do we expect the population to be in? 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, right? Has our minority groups growing and the white majority groups kind of like staying stagnant, but because they're not growing, right? They're not gonna be the majority anymore. Um, and so I think maybe a lot of that has to do has to do with it, but it's, you know, I'm appreciative of the people that are racist to my face, right? And when I was in the Navy, you get introduced with people from all walks of life. Ooh. And, um, you know, there there's a lot of people that I served with that didn't care about me, didn't care about my black brothers or my other brown brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Or the Asians, they didn't care about anybody. If you wasn't white, you wasn't tight, right? And, um, but I appreciated those guys because I knew up front. <laughs> It was the ones that I had to find out about behind closed doors yeah. that kind of like hit home and hurt the most. Um, and, and I mean, it sucks, man. It sucks. But it's an issue that I don't think is ever going to change in this country. Uh-huh. Even even when and if we acknowledge the sins of our past, right, with slavery and, you know, um, and how... Oh, Jim Crow laws and all that stuff, right? It, it I don't think it's going to change. Yeah, it's a, it's a it needs to be educated. It needs to it's yeah. just yeah. like we have to learn about their their stuff. We we went to school for it. You can talk about history all day long. Fuck it, fuck that history. Yeah. They teaching niggas yeah. ass backwards. Exactly, but we had to learn taxes. Yeah, what Sean say? They ain't teaching yeah, taxes in school, investments, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Like that. But that's the thing. When we went through school, we learned about their history. I learned about black people for one month, if that. And it was like if I didn't have a cool history teacher. It was like, oh, yeah. I have to teach it. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like, oh, they're excited to teach it. No, I have to mm-hmm. teach Black History Month. And a reason why I say you need to be, people need to be educated about this. My dad, just I'll let you know before, he's a redneck from Oklahoma. My dad didn't see a true black person until he was like 11 years old. And it was in a car accident mm-hmm. where the black person was about to die. And my grandpa God rest his soul, went over there and saved this black person's life. Held this person up, did his thing. Going further into my... Ex-Army vet. My, um, my dad's past, my great-grandmother, Grandma Jean, God bless her soul, sweetest lady I, I knew. Um, my dad took my mom to Oklahoma for the first time. My... 
my dad pulls into my great grandmother's house. They live on a lake, gorgeous lake house. And my dad takes my mom in the house. My great grandmother says, Doug, let's go to the store. Five minutes into being in the house. My grandma's driveway is like two miles long to get out, just to get back out of this country road to get there. By the time she gets a mile down the road, she slams on the brakes and asks my dad straight up, what are you doing with this nigga in my house? My great grandmother, who to this day, before she died, was the sweetest person. I know she loved me to death. Mm-hmm. It took that week, two weeks of educating my great grandmother of who my mom was to learn that these people of different color are truly great people. Mm-hmm. And she was a Christian woman, but she was also racist. And it took to the point where she learned that how great my mom was, that she finally gave these other people, the Indians that live out there, all the people of different race that are out there mm-hmm. a chance and finally learned out about them and gave them like, oh my goodness, these people are great people. But she edu- she had to get educated on it. That's where my education comes mm-hmm. in. When they make these gang task force. These people that they're taking out and putting them in the ghetto, we'll call it because it is, they take them and put them in the ghetto. They take two or three of these guys who came from the ghetto who might have had, you know, been in jail or something like that, but they know these people and they throw them to the wolves because they know about this life. You need to take that person that doesn't know about this life and take them out there with them and introduce them to their life, why they're living in poverty, how they're living in poverty, why they are trying to survive the way they are to understand them so that we're all understanding of what it's like not being just a middle class citizen, being a lower class, even an extra lower class citizen. These kids are in Chicago, in LA, out here in Seaside, how it used to be. They had no couch, they had no bed, they had no pillow. They, you know, and they had to go to the store and I'm not saying it's right, but they had to steal some bread just to eat the next day. Mom's working three jobs and it, it does. Is there's a lot of people? It was based off of racism. You won't give them a job because mm-hmm. they're black. They're probably smarter than that person that's over there. You won't let them go to your college because you're because you're black. Come on, man. Let let them that, be educated like you want to be educated. That, and that goes back to being taught that, like we used to like use the education. Like their great great grandfather was probably a slave owner, right? So all they know is that they treated, you know, you got your, your, not everybody was like that. They might've had slaves, but they was cool. It was just a part of what they, the time, I guess. But then you have your slave owners that were really, really thought they were superior, right? So now they kids is going to see that. So now that's your grandmother. So it's now it's not, you may even know this woman, right? That is underlying races. Now it, she can keep on, she, I feel like her, her her generation was kind of the turning point. Like she had to make that change, right? Yeah. And so your mom wouldn't be it, or and then you probably wouldn't be it. But if she didn't make that change, or maybe she moved somewhere a little bit more culturally, and she just like didn't expose it as much, mm-hmm. it's still there. Mm-hmm. Like and so at some point, I guarantee it. I mean, somebody's gonna be mad, or you might be drunk, or this, that, and the third. 
It'll slip. Mm-hmm. It's gonna slip. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a real feeling. You are gonna say something like, "Oh, yeah, that's there not your is. first time saying that." There it is. That's not your first time. Yeah, you say that in your bathroom. You practice that. God mm-hmm. damn it. So, it's. Uh, I, I just hope we get, as a as a country as a world. Damn it, we can all come together and be peaceful, because. I, I have white people that I truly adore. Like, I love, love As do I. Death. Yeah. As do so, I. So, I'm not going to say all of them, like, especially with a badge or like this, but it's just disproportionate on, like, how much you said, like, we all, we, we 18 to 20% of population in the country. But you 70% of the prison system? Yeah. And it's doubly, like, we're killed, getting killed twice the rate of anybody else, like Mexicans. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's crazy. It's so, I know you didn't want to touch, you didn't want to say it earlier, but, but I'll say it right. It's, so white privilege isn't a monetary thing, right? It's, it's bigger than a monetary issue, right? It extends to monetary benefits, mm-hmm. but it's, it's bigger than that, right? And so, uh. Oh, Amy Cooper, right? So the same day that uh, George Floyd died, Amy Cooper is the lady that called the police in, in New York City, right? Central Central Park. Okay. On a black man oh, who was park. recording her. Uh, all he did was ask her to leash her dog, right? So that way he can continue bird watching. Right. In peace. Right. And that is a park rule in Central Park for you to lease your dog. Right. The 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 white privilege comes where she she knew the power of calling the police on this black man. Being a white. Right. And being a white woman and sounding distressed. Right. That's where that privilege comes in. Right. Having a quote unquote. A stereotypically white name compared to a quote unquote exotic name, right, on a job resume, right? That is white privilege. I've read books, books and studies where they show where if your name is, you know, John Smith and your name is, you know, Leroy Jackson, John Smith gets the job three times more than Leroy Jackson does. And everything on the resume is the same, with the exception of the name. And it's even worse if there's uh, other layers to it, right? So like if both are convicted or if one has a conviction. So they, they one of the studies that I read, they had John Smith uh, with a felony and they had Leroy Jackson no felony, right? Just regular good Samaritan. John Smith with the felony still got hired more times than Leroy did. Damn. Like, that was one of the papers that I had to write about. You know, and so that privilege extends because of the stereotypes that we assign as a society. And these stereotypes are assigned as a society because of what we see on TV, what we hear in music, what you know what I'm saying? What's displayed to us in in social settings, right? School, uh, sporting events, all that stuff, right? And so it's it's crazy to me that the people who benefit from this can't see it. And you can give, and I've had this conversation with several people, 
right? Several of my white friends um, that have been good to me, but they just don't see how their their the complexion of the skin has benefited them compared to you know the complexion of somebody else's skin being a deterrent to to them, right? And them having nothing wrong. Like they're they're like, I don't get it. Just tie yourself up by the bootstraps and, and work harder. Right. And if you guys look at my social media, right, on IG, I posted a video a few days ago where they talk about uh, white privilege. And he had like a hundred campers in a line. Mm-hmm. And he was like, if you had two parents in your house, take oh, two yeah, steps forward. Yeah, yeah. If you have, you know, if you've never had to help your parents pay your bill, take two steps forward. If you uh, if you don't have to pay for your cell phone bill, it takes two steps forward. Right. And they, they showed. And he was like, you know, I'm going to stand over here with $100, right? Every time I call something out that you have, take two steps forward. And he called out like 10 different things. And there were people that got all of them. Boom. They're like halfway there. There are people that had none of them, right? Mm-hmm. There are that had none of them. They're still at the starting line. And he was like, turn around and look around. That's privilege. Yes, you guys are all running the same race. Mm-hmm. But their this. race is longer and harder not by anything that they did. It was something that they were born into, mm-hmm. right? It had nothing, to, and everything he called out had nothing to do with them. He was like, but they, you're benefiting from something you had nothing to do with, but you're still benefiting from it. They're not, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's, it's a struggle for me when I, I try to expose people to it and then they just don't acknowledge it. So I, I mean, one thing I do want to put out there, you know, and it goes back from back in the day till now. And just so we, we've already said it, you know, we there's a lot of the things with the looting that we don't agree with. But think of those small businesses you're burning down yeah. that are your brothers, yeah. that is your family members. And you're burning down what they worked their butt off to get. They from yeah. where you from? They from where you from? Yep. That dude in 1992. I know we all saw that video. He's literally in the middle of the street. And he's like, "Why are you doing this to mine? I come from the same streets you came from. I worked hard to get there. Why you got to burn down my place? Why you got to take my computer? Why do you got to do this to to me when I'm the same person you are? I'm here standing with you on this, and you guys are burning me down. And and the sad part is, people be like, everything in that store is insured. That store is insured. And they're right and they're wrong, right? Not everything in the store is insured, right? And nine times out of 10, if you have the basic insurance on your business, they cover 60%. 60%. So if you have $100,000, if your store, if the building's worth $100,000 and the, uh, the product or produce or whatever you have in your store is another $100,000, that's $200,000, right? you're getting $120,000, not $200,000. So you're still in the whole $80,000. But go ahead, I'm sorry. No, and I just, you know, putting out there for those people, like, remember before you do it, whose store you're going into? You know, yeah, Louis Vuitton's worth billions and all this stuff's worth billions and stuff like that. I get it. I get it. Nuts. You know, and it sucks. Yeah, sorry. Sorry for you, Louis. Sorry. Sorry for you, Target. I get it. But these small businesses that's owned by this single person who might have had an investor that they're still paying off. Yep. 
they're, you just took their whole livelihood, man. Yeah. You murdered them and they're still alive. It, it sucks. And it could be a brother. It you know, <laughs> and you know what bothers me too? And, and I had this, this argument with your sister yesterday. Um, they're like, why loot Target? Like, and I get it. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the looting. You're stealing. And it's an excuse to steal mm-hmm. because these people died and you're frustrated and you're mad. Got it. Right? Big companies and corporations, I don't care about. I really don't. The mom and pop shops, right? I Those are the ones that I feel for, right? Mm-hmm. Mel's Market, yeah. right? El Rancho, Dumb Spots. Like, we need to protect those. Those are our people, mm-hmm. right? Target, don't care, right? Right up in Walmart. Walmart, don't care. You know why? Because if Walmart came out today and was like, we don't support police brutality, we're pulling all the funds that we donate to, to municipalities for police brutality uh, because they're because of the police brutality that they're doing and all this other stuff. If they put their economic and their political weight behind black and brown issues, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have these issues, mm-hmm. right? If they stop funding these politicians that are you know in line with these police officers that are wrong, right? Then these politicians will get their 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 act together and these police stations would get their act together. So I don't feel bad for those corporations. Right. Like Target is uh, is headquartered in Minneapolis. Right. Um, Philandro Castillo happened, what, two years ago, mm-hmm. three years ago, 18, I think. Yeah. No, so no. so it was it wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. Right. They've had this ain't the first time it's happening in Minneapolis. Right. No, they've yeah. had they've had several in the last two or they, three years. They said like three hundred and ninety one in like the last five years. Yeah. Like had had Target been like, hey, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. We're back in the black community. We're going to start pulling funds from X, Y, Z politicians. We're going to stop funding X, uh, you know, uh, Minneapolis PD. Right. Shout out to the University of Minnesota. Shout out the Gophers mm-hmm. because they they pulled out. They took all their contracts back. But if they would have did something like that and flex their economic and political power, hundred percent, George Floyd wouldn't have died. You know, a week ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like you said, they hold they hold they hold not just like like they hold political power. Yep. Like it's wild. Well, it's, it's crazy because you know, what, what money can do out here. That's what it is. If you think about it, it's all, all about these the all these higher ups in this organization, this big multi billion organization. It's not a million. It's billions of dollars going into Target. They're looking for a tax write off. Oh, for sure. They're looking for a tax write off. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go help this politician now. I'm gonna do this to get a little bit of a tax write off. So mm-hmm. I don't gotta pay back in. And, and I gotta and, do this. And tip and tip said it like. Because of that, that all that, because these companies would drown without us. Like we, oh for sure, we put the dollar in there, right? Mm-hmm. Walmart, Target, like any, like our whole culture as a whole, a black culture, everybody wants some of it, and these companies know it. They they feed off of us, and to not 
be heard. Like I applaud all the companies like the uh, University of Minnesota coming out and doing that. That means more than a little bit. Oh, for sure. That for like sure. saying something like that, like there's going to be no police state, no regular police presence at any games no more. They're, they're just going to hire out. Yeah. They're going to go get private businesses or whatever. That's but. dope right there. And we need more higher ups. Like and I appreciate all, like I said, I appreciate everybody that's doing something Saying something, and that's G. That's millions of dollars. I'm saying that's we need that. That's eight football games. Who knows how many basketball games? You know all the sporting events over there, all the concerts that get held over there. Mm -hmm. That's huge, man. That's people have no idea, like how big of an impact that is to the budget of Minneapolis PD. It's, and and it's not to 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 drive their budget to the ground. It's to be like, "Hey man, you need to get your house together. Get your shit in order." Because if you don't, it's going to affect your wallet. And you know what? People really don't listen mm-hmm. until they start affecting their wallet. And all of a sudden when they ain't got enough money, you know, to do X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. they 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 start, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, maybe we should change that." Maybe that is a good idea. That's what. That's the step we need, though. We need like to hit them in the pocket, politicians, all of them. But until we can get that, we can hold enough power. And like you were saying earlier, like we we vote, like and we show and we show the power to vote. Like when we show up and we can do it, we can swing anything. We can we can put who we want in there for sure. And all this like talk about holding the vote. Like picking, like demanding, like more appropriation. Like I, I'm not voting for Trump. Like I'm going to vote. Like yeah, I'm not voting for Trump. So yeah, and Biden, so- Biden can pretty much say what he want. I would just hope, like from his track record, that he would help. And and like uh, Charlemagne was saying, he needs to put a female black woman as a vice president. And I yeah. feel like that's giving a lot right there. That's giving a lot right there. That right there could put a, a start to not a, not a, I want to say a Barack year because Barack was kind of handcuffed when he was in there being the first black president. Super handcuffed, especially after the first two years. Exactly. So this right here could be it. Like she can be have her foot already in the door, set some, some plans in motion and be the next president and run it and this like could be the swing I mean we need the momentum to get like somebody I can't remember where I seen it we need less ball players and more politicians yeah mm-hmm. yeah Barkley yeah. Barkley said yeah. that so and that's yeah. what we need we need that's where his uh I'm not a role model for all of us you know 90 80s babies right that remember Charles Barkley in the 90s he had a um an ad with Nike where he literally came out and was like, I'm not a role model. And what he was trying to say, he wasn't trying to say that he didn't want people to look up to him, right? What he was trying to say is that in the um, in the African-American community, right, you talk to all the black kids, they all want to be musicians or entertainers mm-hmm. or they all want to be athletes, right? And then if you went to, you know, if you went and talked to like the white kids, they want to be doctors, lawyers, police officers, whatever. And what he was saying is the chances of you being an NBA player, slim to none. The chances of you being a doctor, lawyer, you know, teacher, whatever, are much higher than you actually being an NBA player. Mm -hmm. 
So he wasn't saying it to try to, you know, be an a-hole, so to speak. He was saying it that he wanted them to aspire. He wanted them to have other aspirations as well. And if you're good enough and you're talented enough to be a professional athlete, great. And if you're not, you can still achieve to be a doctor. Exactly. Right? You can play all the way to the co- yeah. collegiate level. Yeah. yeah. But and I, w- I wanted to touch on that Biden thing real quick. Mm-hmm. Biden ain't no saint. I know he ain't no saint. He ain't no saint. I know he ain't no saint. He's the better of the two evils, that's if you try- ask that's me. That's what I'm trying to say. And I feel but like- he ain't no saint. Oh, I know that. That's why I specifically yeah. just said, I'm not going to vote for Trump. Yeah. Never Trump- said I was going to vote for Biden. Yeah. I just said, I'm not voting for Trump. So, yeah. Um, Biden still has some work to do. Like I oh, said, if, sure. if, if he, if he, if the when the, the it t- comes up in November, we'll see who his running mate is, and that and that really has a lot to do with what I'm where I'm going. Like I like that view of having your second in Community. a black woman, yeah, not just a black person, a black woman, right? Because yeah. I feel like there's like plenty of candidates out there right now. Who you thinking? I'm thinking put Kamala in that joint. Kamala? Put Kamala in that joint. You got a thought on that, Keith? I really don't, but that's just me not being educated enough on the black women politician. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think Kamala Harris is good. Mm -hmm. She got some... But yeah, some I do know about Kamala as well. Yeah, that, she has holes right, in the record. Right, yeah. That's the that's one of the only ones that I truly know something about. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't. The I other put the other big out. one that's being floated. I'm big in politics uh, for my people out there. FYI, mm-hmm. the other big one that's being floated out there is um, all right. So there's let, let, I'll just we'll do the whole shebang, right? Mm-hmm. So he's already come out. He being Joe Biden already came out and said that he wants a female vice president, mm-hmm. right? So everybody's plotting and scheming and thinking who who the next, you know, who the running mate is going to be. And the consensus of people in the Democratic Party have kind of narrowed it down to like four or five people. Right. Mm-hmm. So Amy Klobuchar, who's from Minnesota, mm-hmm. um, she's a kind of more conservative, probably 60, 40 conservative to uh you know, liberal Democrat, right? She ran for president or she was in the running for president for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elizabeth Warren has been floated out there. Kamala Harris uh, has been floated out there. And then the the quote unquote dark horse is Stacey Abrams uh, out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. She uh, should have won for the uh, Senate. It was either Senate or governor. Of, I want to say it was the Senate of Georgia, but like the guy that she was running against was also the one running the system. <laughs> right. So he was in charge of the guy that she was running against was the incumbent. And so part of the job was you're in charge of uh, all the voting booths. Right. Getting distroed out mm-hmm. the times that people can vote. Right. Absentee ballots. All that stuff. Uh, leading up to the election, they had scrubbed or reneged like 20,000 uh, people's voter registrations. Come to find out, uh, predominantly black neighborhoods in Atlanta uh, were given like 10 voting machines, mm-hmm. but only two of them worked. Right? So people were in line for hours, hours trying to vote. Um, and so she ended up losing by like, 
it was super close. It was like 10,000 votes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even closer than that. Um, but yeah, Stacey Abrams is, she, she's one of the, the futures, right? Mm-hmm. So if you were to ask me, hey, uh, who are the, the future leaders of this country as far as the Democratic Party, right? She would be up there, right? Uh, AOC would be up there, right? Uh, as, as two or three of the, the, the leaders for this, this Democratic Party mm-hmm. coming up. But yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, Kamala Harris would be not my favorite choice, but a good choice. Mm-hmm. Right now, I choose Stacey Abrams. Um, but yeah, man, we, we, we got to do something. Yeah, man. I'm tired of having this talk. We had this I Can't Breathe talk three years ago Bruh. Still with Freddie Gray. Still can't breathe, man. Right? It's ridiculous. Angela, Angela Brand. Right, you know Michael Brown, Oscar Grant, Oscar Grant. You know, like how many? There's literally. So when I went to the protest yesterday, there was a lady that had a sign. It was like, we're talking like three feet by five feet or something. And every name that's died since like Trayvon Martin was written alternating colors of uh, red and blue. Right. And it filled up the whole sign. And I'm not talking about like she wrote the names hella big. Mm-hmm. Right. She wrote the names. Very legible. Yeah. Very, very legible. legible, but like hella small. And it just filled it up. And then in big black bold letters, it was like uh, Black Lives Matter. Right. But it was all the names of those people that, that have been killed. And I'm like, Winston, like. <laughs> the first thing they tell you in history is. If you don't learn your history, you're doomed to repeat it. Yeah. Like, how many times you got to learn this lesson, man? How many times you got to repeat this? It's it's going to keep happening until we have a change. <laughs> like, and everybody thought, like, Barack was a change, and he brought a lot of change. But I, like Keith was saying earlier, you're, he was uh, kind of restricted, right? One, being the first. And then two, after his first two years in office— um, he lost the Senate. So he had the House, he didn't have the Senate. Mm-hmm. And then to pass anything, it was just constantly getting blocked. Yeah, all the time. He could blocked. nothing. So, man, I'm not sure. I don't have the answers. I think, G, you hit on it, man. Education is key. Mm-hmm. Um, education is super key. Uh, voting is key. Keith talked about, you know, uh, Broadcasting more positive unity stuff that is actually going on in communities like ours, right? And ours isn't perfect, right? I don't want that to come across. We're not perfect over here on the West Coast. We're not perfect over here in Seaside Marina, but we got it better than most. Oh, for sure. Even though they're undercover, like we don't. Only real, like. I guess what it would be racism I get is like I get watched in stores like that's I've been getting with that since I was like five years old I don't I don't bother me no no more but I haven't had any like blatant like somebody just outright disrespect me to my face because of my color like thank God I've never had that you never had one of those? I've never had one of those I had one in Oakland actually really? yeah YMCA Wow. Yeah, black dude called me a spit. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and it be, hey, and that goes for black folks too. Right, right black to my yeah. face on the court. Wow. On the court. 
Damn. Got, got a bucket. You know how you should be nice yeah, for that. Got a bucket. Nice. Right? Gave him that look like, motherfucker, you can't hold me. Fuck his spit. Ooh. Man. We was brawling. Mm. Damn. My Uncle Greg was there. My Uncle Larry was there because he lived up there. He lived in, uh, he used to live in Panola at the time. But um, he lived in Vallejo now. Okay. But yeah, yeah. That drive home, hey, they never looked at me so proud though. Hey, that's real <laughs> take, take off. He ain't gonna be talking to me like, and that's why I've never, I don't think I've ever had that because I mean, mm. I'm big and I'm black. I mean, yeah, nobody's gonna true. be out here just talking crazy to yeah, me. Yeah, facts. So thank God I've never really encountered it. And hopefully, because I mean, like I said, I know a bunch of cool ass white people. Like, you might be the most You might have the most Diverse friend group You and Keith actually I, Keith with man. the The DJ background And you just, mm-hmm. just Being you Just being me Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's 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 really a blessing Growing up out here That I was able to grow up Like this For sure Being very Well rounded But uh, yeah And Child them white people But I I did When I When I left for college And Truthfully, it's, and I, this is me because I love the sport. It was America's greatest pastime. Now it's not. Yeah. I still try to fight it. Baseball? I always try to fight it. Just well, I, it's I'm definitely always going to be America's pastime. Yeah, but it used to be America's greatest pastime. Now it's just <laughs> losing it. It's losing it. It is. Slowly but surely. Me and Mario argue about it all the time. It's too damn It's going it, to be, I can't, you can't change it though. You have to. You can't. Yeah, and look. We'll talk about this another day. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, but when I left and went up to West Valley, which is in Los Gatos, Saratoga area, and it's more of a higher end community, and I walked in the first day of school, you know, the first day of school, or you just say the first day of practice, and I came from Seaside. I, I sagged my pants. Uh, I was wearing a tall tee with Tupac on the front. Uh, extra long. And, you know, <laughs> there's things you did. And everybody on my team, and during fall ball, there's 80 people on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, you get down to 30 people, but there's 80 people out there. And other than these two black, uh, no, two um, Hispanic guys that came from East San Jose, these guys looked at me and they were scared of what they were looking at. They were profiling me by how I was dressed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is just my style, this is my steez. This is how, this is how I am. But did, they, did they even know what race you were? They thought I was black. My coach thought I was black. <laughs> All, everybody thought I was black. But go. then I would show up. You know, at the time, I, I had a little bit of hair left, so I faded my hair, mm-hmm. but I wanted to keep it straight down. So I came with do-rags on. I came with my grease uh, in, all that stuff. But I needed to have my hair a certain way. I trained my culture. hair. It's the culture. culture. I trained my hair a certain way. And they're like, oh, look at Keith coming all hood, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hold up. But then going to hang out with these people and seeing where they come from and where I came from. And I'm white. Like My, dad, money, my dad is white. I get it. But my dad also came from nothing. He literally came from nothing. He got hand-me-downs. He lived in the street. Like, he lived in the car for a minute. And so I worked hard growing up to know what what to get. These guys, if they did that camp thing, 90% of the guys on my team would make it all the way to the front because they got everything handed to them. And they were wondering why this this kid from Seaside comes in here and works so much harder than them. 
comes out, I'm there an hour before practice. I leave an hour after practice. As a freshman, I was the captain of the team. Mm-hmm. And the coaches didn't even know me till I showed up the first day. Mm-hmm. They know who I was. And Seaside's definitely not a baseball school. Mm-mm. Hell You know nah. that right now. Mm-mm. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> we straight football and basketball. You should have went to Monterey. <laughs> and they're good, For at baseball. So- they're good at soccer, too. Yeah. And so, well, yeah, women's softball. We do everything except for baseball, baseball. Really. Yeah, and yeah. it sucks because all, <laughs> all of us growing up, Marina and Seaside, uh, Marina and Seaside, all of us growing up, baseball was a thing. Yeah, and baseball we, was we hard. Went, we went against each other. We was cool. Hey. But for some reason, you get to Seaside High School, you ran track and played baseball and played basketball. You didn't play baseball. And football for the years we were there. Yeah. We used to be stone cold killers mm-hmm. on, the, on the gridiron. But now you're right. Marina Pony and uh, and Seaside Pony used Most to dope. kill it. Yeah, super used dope. To kill it. Stars. Um, and then I don't know what it was, man. Like Leonard didn't play. Simone was, didn't play. That was my first. And we'll go back into it because we're talking about races. That was my first experience of true racism to my face. Mm. Um I was going to put his name out there. I don't even care. Seaside High baseball coach back in the late 90s, early 2000s. His name was Mark Pena. Mm. Um, we were playing an all-star game in Monterey. Um, semifinal game. And I threw a complete game no-hitter. He comes up to me and he's like, hey, varsity next year. Uh, as a freshman, I want you to come out and play. This, this, and this, blah, blah, blah. Shout out to my boy Chuck Charles Newell. Mm-hmm. Oh, Loudmouth Charles. Charles Newell, Puerto Rican and black kid. Walks right by us. Big kid. You know. Pause. Just, <laughs> bald like you too. He, he, he was bald <laughs> at 13 though. <laughs> uh, shout out but, to Charles. But shout out to my boy Charles Newell. He walks by. He's loud. He's very loud. Um, and he says some outlandish things. I don't even remember what was said. But as soon as he passes by... Coach Pena says this to my face and my dad, who's standing right there, and we've known him for a long time. And he says, this is why I can take 15 to 20 white kids who know nothing about baseball and teach them the game than to take five or six very athletic black kids and put them on my team because they act that way. And what happened? I went to Seaside High, and I didn't play baseball freshman or sophomore year. I ran track because I would not play for him. Damn. He got replaced, too. He got replaced. And shout out to my boy. It's my dad. It's my second father, Coach Bispo, because he was persistent to every single person once he came and took over this job. And he went out and was like, I watched all you guys playing growing up, black kids, white kids, Islanders. Mm -hmm. And he came on campus every day after you guys graduated he was on campus every day he was at every football practice he was at every football game he was our chain crew guy next thing you know he's on the sideline like blah 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 hitting us up every basketball game mm-hmm. hey guys you know where this baseball thing is just come out and play during baseball season what happened we had our first winning season in 30 years we almost made it to the playoffs the first those two years i was there they made it to playoffs and then coleman didn't like the things he was doing and coleman fired him Damn. And he ended up at Carmel. Yeah. But damn. Craziness. No shout out to Jeff Coleman. <laughs> Zero. G-off. Where's that? Uh, yeah. Hit him with a butt. Hit him with a butt. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, nah, it's, I mean, we, we've all experienced it. Um, I know I've, I've experienced it. G, I know you've experienced Keith. I know you've experienced it because we've all shared these stories a hundred times. And we're just now old enough, smart enough, wise enough to 
to share with you guys out there, right? And, and, and it sucks. And until these things that we're talking about, that we've talked about, um, are obsolete, we're not going to see the change that we want to see. You know, not just for us. Because I'm going to be real with you. I don't think it's going to happen in our lifetime. Yeah, but we... I pray it happens in our kids' lifetime, right? And it may, and it may not. But, I mean, I don't know. But we have to set the... Set the... Or plant the seed for these... Our 10 to 13-year-old, 14, 15, 16-year-old kids nowadays to set the seed for them to keep going. We can't go around acting a fool because we're we're mad. I get it. We need a protest. We need to stand up. We need to be heard. But there's there's a difference between being a herd and just acting a fool. Let's not act a fool out there. Let's be smart about it. Um, Let's be angry. Let's be mad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to to cuss somebody out because you're angry and mad. I'm mad if you're not mad. Yeah. Like and and real talk. Real talk. If you're if this doesn't bother you, if what we talked about doesn't affect you, doesn't boil your blood, doesn't get you upset or have you thinking late at night. This ain't a podcast for you, man. And you can sit down and talk to us. If you have an opinion, you want to sit down and, and please, speak with us, hit us hit up. up. Yeah, hit please us hit up. Me up. And you can have the opinion on our side or against our side, but th- that's the thing. We need to talk because we have to get to the point where we're meeting in the middle. Mm-hmm. We all, if you're far right or far left, we need to get to a point so we are together. We don't need to be far right and far left anymore. Because that's the point where I was bringing up earlier about our kids, where yeah. we have to teach these kids a certain way to live. Because if you don't go around without your hands up or your hands on the steering wheel and everything out and they're living in fear, which it shouldn't be. What's, what's this whole land of the free? We got this free country. We got things. We're good. You know, this American dream as a as a minority or a black man or people thinking you're black just because how you're dressed. That's not right. Is not right. We're a human race. We're human beings. Now treat a human being how you want to be treated, whether you're a cop, whether you're just a person walking down the street or whatever. You have learned from your parents. I know us here. If you want respect, you have to give respect. So we respect each other. And if you disrespect, you get real disrespect back. Real disrespect. Uh, and you think what happens when mama, you disrespect mama? Hey. Uh, we got dis- you got disrespected back. You learn to respect real quick. And that's the, and that's the that's the part of them being scared cuz they know the what they're giving me, I can give back tenfold. Oh yeah. They know I can get that back tenfold. But what you said earlier, they're protected by the, the, that shield, right? They feel they can get, they can get away with it. So they but, exercise that to a thousandth power because I can't retaliate at all. But knowing if you didn't have that shield, Things will be a lot different. And, and you know why they have that protection from the shield, though? Right. And, and this is right. We talked about it earlier. Education and voting right, are two key pillars. If we want to see the change, we want to see mm-hmm. police officers vote. Yeah, they do. They vote. Right. Their unions vote and they back candidates and they back candidates that are going to back them. And so you want to know why these officers aren't getting indicted? You want to know why these officers aren't aren't getting sentenced? Because here's the thing. I saw a statistic yesterday 
uh, it was like 1,429 uh, police killings in the last three years. Uh, 0.03% of them were, uh, were convicted. Like 1% of them were indicted. Right. And so you, you look at that like 0.03% of like over 1400 police uh, killings. Killings. Right. And only 0.03 are getting convicted. Let just one percent is getting indicted, so only one percent are going to court. That's just the other ninety nine are just like you're good. But that's why that that takes me right back that's to where only forty two people. Yeah, that's what I'll pull. Up, I'll pull up the. Uh, it's only forty two people. I'll pull up the uh, the uh, the IG post and I will share it on my story. Right for those of you that want to see it. That that just goes back to me being getting pulled over, little Greg. Right. Yeah. Like. If something happens to me, nothing's going to happen. But say I was to be like, fuck you, nigga. I ain't do nothing. Now shit didn't escalate it. And, and I always give respect because I believe respect garners respect, right? So I'm not going to be out here just blatantly disrespecting you, any man. It's earned, not like, given. Yeah, so, but... The minute you disrespect me, and you can ask anybody, because I'm the coolest guy, like I'm real level-headed, like to have fun. Once I go there, there's no coming back, right? I'm there, and I'm probably gonna stay there for a while. So that one, two, three, four, counting to 10 shit don't work for me. Walking away usually has to happen. I'm probably not that leave altogether. But disrespect, I do not take lightly. Because I, I honestly give so much respect. So for you to come at me crazy, I'm not going to handle it well. So I just know that things can, things can go real left. And then at the end of the day, something could happen to me and nothing will happen to him. And we'll be say, singing the same, same song. Yeah, man. I just hope you know that... Uh that we continue to protest, that we take that protest and the, and the numbers that we show out in these streets, mm-hmm. we show the voting booths, mm-hmm. local elections, mm-hmm. statewide elections, federal elections, mm-hmm. right? And and we we demonstrate that power in more than just looting and more than just screaming. That's good for a day. Mm-hmm. That's good for two days. That's good for a week. Yep. What's Take the next that step? Yeah. What's the next step? Exactly. Exactly. Take that power yeah. and flex it in the booth. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, you you wanna you wanna protect that police officer? Mm-hmm. Right? You wanna you wanna protect those other three police officers that have yet to been uh, arrested and indicted? Cool. Got you. Get you out of office. Yeah. We're gonna get somebody that's gonna, you know, toe the line mm-hmm. because a lot of people it, it's it's kind of known and not really. So last year a black police officer killed a white South African woman who lived in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. That brother was arrested immediately. He was tried and he is sitting in a jail cell right now. That's one of them 42 people. Exactly. Right. And it was a black officer killing a white woman in Minneapolis. 
Same city, you know, roles reversed. Mm-hmm. It took him a week to arrest the dude. Three more just chilling. And he got a chance to get out on bail. Yeah. Bell's only 500 grand. He blatantly murdered the dude. Damn. It's only 500 grand. 10%. Yeah, only 10% of that he get out. That's crazy. It's killing me. That's nuts. But, you know, my, my final thoughts on it, um, you know, I'm all for the the protesting and, and doing it the right way. But my, my main thing, because um, I, I am a believer, like, I pray for all you guys. Like, I pray for, for him to take over and, and do the do something right with everybody's heart and, and to put peace in everybody's mind, soul, and heart that later on the road that our kids don't have to worry about this anymore. Um, their kids don't have to worry about it because that's the last thing I want is my grandbabies whenever they do come out <clears throat> to have to worry about something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, for but, sure. You know, just just let God, you know, Jesus take the wheel, man, on this, truthfully, because we, we need a little bit of loving in this world right now, so... Um, I know we angry as a people and we've been dealing with this for so long there's nothing new to us we just have to stay strong we still have to believe that we will be heard one day things aren't the same as they used to be they are better even though it is still happening it can be a lot worse Um, shout out to all my folks that's standing up with us yeah, and uh, rest in peace, my mom. Love you. Always miss you. Oh, yeah, man. Love that lady. Mm-hmm. She was super nice. But, hey, I think my brother said it best, man. I don't have too much more to add. Um, love y'all. Be safe out there. And, um, and keep fighting the good fight.